Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor gives you sports betting tips. This is College Basketball, Tuesday, January 9th. Jake, we are in it now. We've got a full slate, some really good games. Some of the weaker games are actually pretty good. Uh, I know I know you're excited. Oh, yeah, I can't wait. This is this is the time of year. Finally got done with that football thing, so now, now we get all the good conference games. Well, I was going to say, you know, I was so jacked up from how much money I made on our uh, college football bets here on the national championship game. Uh, That was so good. And all the money that we made betting college basketball here on Monday. Uh, We're starting way later than usual. And so as a rarity, (laughs) we actually will get to recap yesterday's show. There are also not many late games. Usually there's still probably a game happening right now. Um, and yeah. so as already, we'll give you a recap, but, but you'll kind of get to see why we only do it once a week. Cause it's like the season numbers don't really change much. And it's like a game here, a game there. Uh, but as you can see, the best bets did well, uh, the A grades, money line spreads, and you'll see there. And, and if, if you're just watching the show and you're not with us on dub club, you probably wouldn't notice this. If you're with us on dub club, you might've noticed we didn't do a grade spreads for like two weeks. They were doing terrible. And I was like, Hey, we got to spreads max out of the B. And I was like, I got to relook at it, you know? And so I was playing with it, working on it, working on the behind the scenes. And then last week I was like, Hey, I think, I think we got it. And sure enough, the A grade spreads last week, 10% ROI. And then the only A grade spread we had yesterday was Mississippi Valley state who got the job done. As we talked about just too big of a number, they're terrible, but thankfully they were terrible. Uh, they weren't too terrible and got us the win. Uh, so the show went two and one again, we will typically do just the recap at the start of the week, but a little bit of a unique, uh, situation here today. Uh, if you want all those best bets, you can sign up and get a one week trial to our dub club. You can scan that QR code. I'll take you right there. You can just go find it on dub club. Uh, everyone gets a free one week trial limited time for right now. I don't know how long it'll last. Uh, but everyone can hop on and see what it's all about with a link in the show description. will take you, uh, right there as well. All the games already covered today are part of the best bets. Uh, including the play of the day. we got 10 of them right now, and we got an 11th that we got our eye on that we'll probably add in the morning. There will probably be some more things in the morning, so we'll probably be looking at 13, 14 strong picks that we really like here uh, for Tuesday. Uh, Jake, did I forget to say anything? Not that I know of, just that you yeah, absolutely killed it tonight with basketball and football. It's a great, great night. Yep, it was. Uh, just a couple of quick reminders, though. If you are looking for the recaps at any given time, you can always find that uh, at the Google Sheet that's linked at the very bottom of the website, www.pickswithprofessor.com. Have those done by, um, you know, by bet type and, and day and all sorts of stuff. Um, as a reminder, in case you are new here, right, probability is intuitive, but it is my specialty, as is modeling. On average, a third of the games are going to be easy wins, a third easy losses. And so we might go 3-0 and or 0-3, and, and that doesn't make us geniuses or morons because we don't get distracted with the weird variants. Instead, we make sure that we get good numbers and prices on the third of games in the middle. And that's what we're focused on. That's why we built the model. That's why we profit in the long run. And that's why we're here. That's why we have such a strong and loyal following. And if you are part of that, we thank you from the bottom of our hearts. And we will get to it with that said. Again, remember, we are projecting an average game. Um some of these games might go off the rails and they might be easy wins or easy losses and whatever it is what it is. If we win great, if we lose, Oh, well, we chalk it on to the next one. But if it's close to the number, we are highlighting the numbers that we think are the best bets to jump on because in the long run, they're going to drive us to profitability, which starting off will be 7 PM Eastern Missouri in Kentucky. Uh, we had Kentucky on the road 
plus odds on Saturday. Got the job done for us. It's an all right winner. Uh, it was a lot of fun there to kick off our uh, Saturday of college basketball. So he's a pretty good team. Silent has him as the number three rated offense in the country. They lag a little bit behind on defense, but they're a much better team at home. Like, you know, you're the college basketball expert, right? I just do the math. Um, but it, it's it's my my feel for uh, the sport, and we'll talk about this in the extended cut as well in, in a game or two. When you have the team that's much better at home, sometimes those games get out of hand. And I think that's what you have to worry about if you're a Missouri fan in this game. You're just trying to hold on, and you're just trying to be down eight late in this game, I feel like, because this could get ugly. The difference between number 11 and number 79, remember, is a lot more than you'd think. The difference between number 111 and 179 is not very much at all. Just a few points because the team's clumped together in the middle. But once you get up to the top 20 and especially towards the top 10 where Kentucky is hovering, um, they start to spread out a whole lot more there. And so there's a pretty big gap between these teams, according to the model. That makes laying 12 an A grade with Kentucky, and that's exactly what we're going to do, Jake. Uh, a lot of good options here, a lot of great A grade plays. I think we had 15 of them here. Um, why is this one of the ones that jumped up to you? Like this is one of my favorites <clears throat> favorites out there. Uh, I think Missouri is rough. Uh, they they've they'll beat teams that they're better than, but they they're not going to upset teams and with the way they've played so far. Uh, I think Gates is going to be a good coach, but this is going to be much of a struggle for him this year. I mean, if you're going through their schedule, any team they've played of that's of value, they've lost to, and some of those have gotten really ugly, like. Illinois and Memphis, and I mean they and they just lost to Georgia at home. I I don't see going to Kentucky as a way to fix that to get it right. Yeah. Losing for the last five, especially a Kentucky team that absolutely is one of the best teams at taking care of the ball. Uh, Calipari finally recruited well enough to outdo his his lack of coaching ability. Uh, so they are doing very very well. Uh, Reed Shepard has been a just a gigantic surprise. Uh, been incredible to watch. He's so much fun. I mean, DJ Wagner's got is the best NBA prospect on the team, but right now Reed Shepard is just killing it. They're shooting the ball at an unreal clip, hitting above 40% as a, as a team. They play fast. They're athletic. They've got a good defense. And their defense lags behind the offense, but the offense puts so much pressure on you that it improves that defense. And it's just, I think Missouri is going to have a really hard time going to rub instead, keeping this manageable. Yeah. And sometimes the, the best offense is a good defense. The best defense is a good offense, right? In this case, uh, it's kind of what we have the, the ladder there for Kentucky. Missouri's an interesting uh, case study and Kentucky is every year. I feel like we could just do a show every, every year, talk about Kentucky once a week with whatever's going on with them every, every year with all their players and all the talent that's there and, and, and that drama typically, but, but focusing in on Missouri, uh, you know, they had a road game at Kansas and they only lost that by nine. So they covered that. And so you you might look at that and say, that's, that's encouraging. Uh, you know, Kentucky and Kansas are probably relatively similar. Kansas may be a little bit better, but you know, similar to a place to play, whatever. Um, and one of the road beat Pittsburgh. Uh, they went on the road and beat Minnesota. So you, you got some encouraging wins there, but they also lost at home to Jackson state. I mean, that's 
bad. They were 22-point favorites and lost that game. Um, but then even on top of that, you talked about the Georgia loss at home. Um, that wasn't great. They've got some, you know, they got blown out by Illinois. Um, and to me, the bottom line is they're 4-10 and 10 against the number. And that kind of just illustrates they've dropped a lot in sidelines ratings as well, um, just like everybody's. And, you know, at this point now, the game is just how much should we adjust. And I think the model views Kentucky a little bit better than the market does. That's why we took them at plus odds and they got the win for us on Saturday. Uh, and I think we view Missouri a little bit lower. I think that they're, that, you know, we do have to have our prior distributions and there's a lot of math that goes into that, but the more you see from Missouri, the yeah, it's, it's almost like a, for every one thing that you're encouraged by, there's, there's two that you're not, or maybe over two, there's good, there's three that's not. And, and it, it's just not overall a great story. Again, you never know what's going to happen in a game who gets hot or whatever, but on the road, um, you know, you, you very rarely see the road team get hot shooting and have a great night and the home team who's got a really good offense not score. And that's probably going to be the difference here. Uh, the location of this, maybe at Missouri, maybe they can hang around, make it a fun game. And then Kentucky would think Kentucky runs away. So minus 12, a great pick. 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, I, I do this every time, every time. Uh, <laughs> here's a <laughs> screenshot just to show you. It's kind of like a fun. It, 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 someone's out there made a drinking game of this, probably. Uh, it's a, a screenshot of what you can get over on Dub Club. Again, totals, you know, team totals. Uh, you know, just if you want to see how how the the model views and ranks offenses and defenses, uh, what the A grade threshold is, all sorts of goodies over there on Dub Club. So so check it out again. Free trial this week. If you haven't, check it out. See if you like it. Get those best bets. Make some money. Uh, and hopefully stick around. Hopefully you're enjoying it. And you can help continue to support uh, us as a business. Uh, but Purdue, Nebraska. Some Big Ten action here at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. local time. Um, I don't know what there is to say about Purdue at this point. We've talked a lot about them. Um, their offense is incredible. Teams have tried to speed them up. And Purdue's like, yay, scoring is fun. Um, they have a really good defense as well. I mean, they're a really good team. Um, I think every analytic system in the world at this point has some combination of Houston, Purdue, and Arizona uh, in the top three. Uh, mine's no different. Um, Purdue was number one for a while. Actually, after this weekend, after Houston thumped West Virginia, Purdue slipped to number two, but it's nothing at Purdue's fault. I mean, they're still playing really well. Um, Nebraska, I think, is on the rise. I mean, I'm, I'm if you're a Nebraska fan, I mean, you're probably thinking more about football because that culture, of course, but you have to be pleased with the basketball team, uh, you know, slow and steady the right direction. It seems like over the last few years, uh, the offense, I think, is NCAA tournament ready. Uh, the defense, maybe not. And that's part of the reason why we're going to go over on this one. First off, Purdue overs have been really good to us in general, but 150 0.5 is just really low for this. A grade over models is 156 and a half. You've got a, a faster team in Nebraska who is probably going to want to try to speed up Purdue because you do not want to get in a half court game with them uh, with Edie down low and the other big guy. I can't remember his name, but they got those two big guys and you do not want to get in a half court game with him. Nebraska wants to go faster anyway. Their offense is better. Um, they're going to have a harder time scoring as Purdue, but they're at home. So that should give them a little bit of boost scoring. I feel like Purdue at this point can score anywhere. They they showed it their last road game. They looked really good, and Nebraska's defense isn't likely to be one that slows them down. Expecting a lot of points here. Jake, tell us more. Yeah, I mean, Purdue on the road is a little nervous for uh, this, this total, but I, lo I love this going over because Nebraska wants to play fast. Nebraska has a really good offense, and 
man, I cannot say that guy's name. It's like to- Tokenaki, uh, Tominaga, something like that. Uh, can absolutely just decide one night that he is going to put up 100 points and, and he will. I mean, Rick Bask is very good, and Bryce Williams. They've got a really good offense. Hoidenberg has done a great job of putting together this team. Uh, they're coming around defensively. They're they're improving. Um, they're they're beating teams that they probably should beat, and they're in games. I mean, throw the throw the Creighton out, but they're they're in these games for the most part. For like other NCAA tournament teams, but I mean, they held. That was Kansas State was a weird game, but they 62-46. But then they also beat Michigan State. Uh, they're they're very solid. They can really put up some points. Purdue is is going to put up all sorts because there's no defense for Edie. And then when if Trey Kaufman Red has the kind of game or even half the kind of game that he had against Illinois, I don't know what you do on defense because there, there's no saving anything. I mean. They didn't get hardly anything for the perimeter and still were putting up points like crazy. I, I just – I don't know what – Nebraska's struggles on defense are not going to do any favors for them against this Purdue team, even at home. Yeah, I think, um, you know, Nebraska now four games in a row gone over the total, two of them in conference. There's been a, a few more under in conference play. We kind of see that dip a little bit, a little bit more. We, Cousin Jared and I talked about it's more measured possessions, a little bit more later on. Teams are playing a little bit different, um, and and Nebraska's not one of them, so going over. Um, Purdue, it, you know, you talk about the road thing, and I kind of mentioned it too. I think that's just a lot to talk about because of last year. Um, we don't really have a lot of data this year. This will give us 50% more data than we have, right? So this will be an interesting one because the two games that Purdue had uh, has had this year on the road in conference have gone very differently. The, the Northwestern game, the game that you would have expected to be lower scoring, Northwestern kind of got hot from three and hung around enough, made twice as many threes as Purdue in regulation, got it to overtime. It went o- over by a lot in regulation. And that would have been when you thought Northwestern might slow it down a little bit. The Maryland game, when you thought, might be a little bit faster, um, was a lot lower scoring, but then Purdue covered that one. So they've had one game that they covered, but went under, and then one game that went over by a lot and they didn't. But I'm not sure a sample size of, sorry, I'm going to back that up. I am certain a sample size of two is not something that we really want to overreact to, especially considering we have all this other data. And absolutely, we do have to consider that home road is different, but that doesn't mean we throw out the other data. And the fact that we've got, uh, you know, 14 other games on Purdue or whatever it is, neutral site and home has to weigh more than the two road games. And that's where Purdue's like 10 and four or whatever to the over this year. Um, and and Nebraska has been just as good to the over. So it, it's like the books are still struggling to catch up with both of these teams. Um, at least until it stops hitting, I don't see any reason to stop writing it from a mathematical where the number is standpoint. But as you mentioned, all the other X's and O's just line up really well with Nebraska being better on offense than defense, Purdue, how how are they going to be stopped at this point? And uh, Nebraska wanted to get up and down the court. They're going to put up some points via volume. So we're expecting a lot of points. This one over 150 and a half a grade pick, which takes us to the last of the three free picks. And again, more best bets coming more a grades, one or two B grades that we really like as well. But BYU against my Baylor Bears, um, BYU hey, really uh, just could not find the bucket against Cincinnati on Saturday. Big favorites. Um, didn't win. Uh, I think they shot a record number of threes 
for all time for them in that building. Uh, and not many of them went down. <laughs> now, uh, what BYU is, they are, and they're going to keep shooting them. Um, and, and I don't see any reason why you shouldn't. That would, you know, if, if you're good at something, you keep doing it. Even if it's not working, you got to work through it. And uh, it just didn't work for them that night. Obviously, a new day, you have to assume they're going to be doing the same thing, coming out and shooting threes. That's what they do. Baylor loves to come out uh, and score as well. The the interesting aspect of this game when you're handicapping it to me is we expect a lot of points for sure. But, you know, BYU is a better team uh, overall. Baylor's defense holds it back. But this game being at Waco should make it a real tight, interesting contest. But this total, I think, is way off. Baylor overs have been great to us this year. BYU overs have been great to us this year. There's obviously some exceptions, and we're coming off an exception for both teams, or both teams went under this last week. I think that was a circumstance of BYU just not hitting any threes, which is random and going to happen on occasion. Um, and, and Baylor playing at Oklahoma State, that was one that we, we talked about. We liked Baylor, and we were a little bit nervous on the over. Um, on that one, just because historically that's a low scoring game when, when anybody goes to Stillwater in conference. And Oklahoma State's been one of the lower scoring teams in, in, in the Big 12 this year. But now these two teams are playing each other. I expect that to change and get back to the to their higher scoring ways. If this game doesn't go over, maybe we reevaluate. We kind of say maybe these two teams, something is a little bit different with them going into conference. But I'm not going to overreact to what happened this weekend. I think this number is way too low. I think if this weekend's games had been Baylor at home against Oklahoma State and there were more points, if BYU was hitting threes, my hunch is this number is like 160. And I, I just think we're getting a ton of value because people overreacting to what they just saw Saturday. Over 154 is an A grade model. Thinks it's almost should almost be 10 points higher than this. Jake, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I love the over here. It's the pace of BYU and Baylor at home. It's going to get played faster. It's, BYU's got a decent defense, but I don't think it's anywhere near what Baylor's offense is going to be able to do. I don't think they match up well position by position. Uh, B, BYU is very, very good at shooting threes, and they shoot an ungodly amount of threes. Um, they also give up a lot of threes, and – Baylor is one of the better teams at shooting threes. They just don't shoot a lot. Uh, I think this is going to be a very interesting game, probably the best game of the night. It'll be up and down, a lot of scoring. My, my only fear is that slump becomes two games for BYU because right now they shoot more than 50% of their shots come from beyond the arc. So if those aren't going, they're let's, not. Let's, do it. Let's, just, let's just make it rain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, they're not going to score a lot because they're, they're not getting inside the lane. They rarely go to the free throw line. Uh, so there's not a lot of cushion there for this team if they go cold. But anytime they're on, it will be an over because of how much they shoot and how often. It's incredible what they shoot. I don't think we see a repeat of Cincinnati. I think it's going to be a much higher scoring game. Yeah, and I, I should correct what I said earlier. BYU totals have been good to us. I remember back when they played that tournament in late November, we had them as a you know a, a recommended under a best bet. We didn't name them at the time, but a recommended under uh, against Arizona State at a game that didn't even come close because of the way Arizona State played. Uh, and then the next night took them over against the NC State and said that would be a wild game and sure if it was. So we won those back to back. And when you look at BYU, for the most part, when their games have gone under, it's been because their defense has played really well. Uh, when the game's gone over, it's because the other team scored on them. Um, the Cincinnati win is just a weird exception. But, I mean, you know, you look at, um, you know, Denver, 90-74, to 74, game goes over. And that's kind of how this profiles, right, where 
Baylor should be able to score just like Denver has a great offense as well and no defense, of course. Um, but the teams who struggle in offense have a better defense, you know, the Arizona States of the world, maybe those are the ones that have gone um, under Cincinnati's and, and Utah. Their two losses are the only games this year that BYU hasn't gotten to 74 points. Um, and, you know, obviously this is on the road, but Baylor's defense isn't really one to slow them down. If Baylor wants to hang in this game, they're going to have to score with BYU. And I think they can. Uh, you know, I, I think their offense is better than Cincinnati. I think they put up more than that, especially at home. Um, you know, the, the the I'm with you. The concern you have in this play, we always talk, right, especially if you're new around here, especially in, you know, these 50-50 bets, whether it's spread and total, you ought to be able to figure out how you're going to lose any bet. If you if you can't think about it, you're not thinking hard enough, right? Because there's no such thing as a lock in gambling. Um, and obviously, if BYU shoots, you know, 44 threes again or whatever it was, 45 or whatever threes, and it just doesn't get in it, right? Baylor could win this game something like 80 to 60. Um, so it's obviously on the table, but uh, Baylor's defense just isn't that good. And so you have to wonder if Baylor, if BYU is going to maybe take a little bit fewer threes on this because they should be able to attack, penetrate, you know, and have more success against a weaker defense. Um, but you saw Baylor play a Cornell team uh, one week ago in this building. That profile is kind of similar to BYU. Obviously, BYU is a better team, but a similar like wants to go fast, wants to score right. And that game was an insanely high scoring game. And I expect something relatively similar with regards to the number of points. Not obviously with the the outcome. I don't think Baylor's going to win like by twenty or fifteen or whatever it was that is. I, I stopped watching it. Um, but but you know, kind of a similar thing there. You know, it's hard to slow Baylor down at home. Uh, their overs have been great to us. And BYU, when the model said over, it's been great. When the model said under, it's supposed to be great. Uh, and so this one, we think we're gonna we're gonna again. Um, hold our breath that the slump against Cincinnati was a one-off. They had the slump against Utah, too. We always say it, right? When you play 30 games of college basketball, five of them you're going to look terrible. Five of them you're going to look way better than you are. And so BYU's had two of them already. (laughs) You know, they got three more to come. And we don't know when they're going to come, but we like our chances. It's more likely than not that they have an average performance. And an average performance from these two teams should give us a lot of points. There's your recap. Again, if you want to join us over on Dub Club, you can this week for free. Uh, one week free trial and hear us talk about the other six games. That link comes in a separate Dub Club post. If you're with us on Discord, if you're not with us, um, if you're with us on Dub Club, you need to make sure you're on Discord. It's a great chat, great place to hear extra thoughts, ask questions. And it's nice because there's a whole chat where all the posts come right through. So, so people can just access the Discord. Of course, and the link to the extended cut will be there as well. So six more games we're about to talk about here after our 60-second musical interlude. Uh, Jake, any parting words before we take that little break? Yeah, just just a question for you. Do you think Scott Drew secretly hates this team and how lack of defense they are? I mean, I'm sure he enjoys winning, but this is not his style. No, I, I, I don't. Uh, for a couple of reasons. Number one, last year became the same thing, right? It was the same sort of all offense, no defense. Uh, but no, Scott Drew is like, I don't know if any, if any of you know anything about Scott Drew. He's like the j- most joyous person in the world. Like he's the happiest guy, like glass half full. Like it probably would be, you would probably be annoyed if Scott Drew was your friend because you'd be like, why is this guy always like so full of life and energy? <laughs> so I don't, I don't think Scott Drew hates anything. I think Scott Drew like sees a mosquito bite and he's like, God's playing in action. <laughs> you know, like I just think that's the kind of guy he is. Fun little, fun little t- talk to end on there. Uh, we're gonna take again that sixty second break. If you haven't watched the video, watch it. If uh, and and hopefully we'll see you on the other side. Uh, again, you can get there by Dub Club link in the show description. Sign up for your one week free trial.